Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Thank you, worship team. Pastor Tyler. Wow, it just seems like it was Christmas Eve, huh? And here we are in the in the new year. Happy New Year to all of you. It's good to see you. Uh, as we begin the new year, Community Covenant Church, uh, we begin with a renewed commitment um, to being a healthy and a missional church. Healthy means pursuing Christ. Missional means pursuing Christ's priorities in the world. And so we start the new year um, encouraging one another to, to refocus, to, to sharpen, if you will, um, our sight on, on Jesus. Uh, because our faith begins and ends with him. He is the one who sustains us. Uh, in our faith, as we'll see in the scripture. Uh, but we have a, re- a renewed commitment. And yet, uh, this morning, as we say the, the Nicene Creed together, as we sing songs about Jesus, uh, for a few minutes on Sunday morning, uh, he's our focus. And yet, you and I both know that as we leave the worship center and we walk through the lobby and then uh, outside, Go home and tomorrow starts a, a new work week, school, all those things happen. Um, somehow, the focus and the priority of our Sunday morning um, can fade. Uh, as we're overwhelmed, life just happens, doesn't it? And it reminds me of a vacation I took with Lori. We went up to the upper plains and, of course, traveling through uh, South Dakota. And we came to uh, Mount Rushmore. And uh, we pulled in the parking lot. We went into the visitor center. Uh, And if you ever go to a museum with Lori, uh, she's going to read every exhibit. Right? It's like, I'm through the whole thing. and, And she's just finishing like the first or second one. I mean, she just like into the detail. And I just kind of peruse and move on to the next, right? But we were in there, and and she was just having a great time reading about all the history, uh, reading about how it came to be. If I I remember correctly, there might even have been a a video or a a brief movie in a visitor center there. Um, And it was all this anticipation uh, of going outside into the patio in the back uh, to see uh, Mount Rushmore. And so after spending a, <clears throat> an ample amount of time in the visitor center, right? I remember the, kind of just feeling the rush of the crowd. It was in the summertime. And they kind of pushed us out the doors. And we got out into the, the, the patio area, the viewing section. And they had like a, a slate or some kind of soft or smooth stone um, out on the patio as you walked on it. 
And we were moving towards the viewing area, and Lori reached into her pocket um, to put on her glasses. And just as she reached, she got bumped. And her glasses flew out of her hand. And I don't know what kind of stone it was, but it was very slick and, and, and very smooth. And the glasses just seemed to slide out in front of her. And so we both rushed forward, and Lori was reaching down to grab the glasses. And the man behind her, not knowing what was going on, cut around in front of her, and just as Lori was picking up her glasses, I mean, her fingers were just almost there. Here comes this big, like, size 14 shoe, and it goes crush, right? And I I remember she picked it up, and the, the, the side of the glasses there were just kind of just bent and twisted, and 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 there she was. You know, we had taken this journey. We were looking forward to seeing this. She had read all about it. It was right in front of her. But she couldn't see it clearly. And I know that was a huge disappointment. And I remember leaving the, the visitor center that day. And, um, boy, I'll tell you what. Husbands. It's not a time to armchair quarterback. Say, honey, why did you take your class off? Put it in your pocket. Why did you just leave? You don't, don't do that. Okay? And uh, I remember we got to the place where we were going to stay that night, and, and somehow she worked with the frame, and she put a, a baby pin in the corner, and, and they were pretty tweaked, uh, but she was able to, to sort of wear them for the rest of our vacation. Okay? And, and I think about that in relationship to us here this morning, uh, how we are singing praises to Jesus. We're going to look into his word here. We're going to celebrate communion together. And yet, somehow, when we go outside and we go back into our lives, um, things happen. Uh, there is the rush of the crowd. Uh, there are the priorities that seek to overwhelm us. Uh, it's as if sometimes we stumble maybe or bobble uh, in areas of our faith. And Jesus, the person who seems so clear and so in front of us uh, this morning, begins to fade away. And, and life has a way of impacting us. And sometimes that impact ends up distorting our vision. Um, Jesus is right in front of us. He walks with us. Um, We journey through life with him, and yet sometimes we struggle to see him clearly. Uh, He gets out of focus. And so for 2020, you know, as we seek to be a a healthy and a missional church to pursue Christ and his priorities in the world, as we bring Christ's hope and his healing and his wholeness to our community and to our world, um, we need to remember that, that Jesus is right here with us. And no matter what distractions, what, what happens in our life, who bumps us, right? Uh, what causes us to lose our focus, we have to remember to always refocus and look to him. Look to him in everything. 
Look for him everywhere. Trust him in all that we do. Jesus is our focus. He's the center of our faith. And as we begin 2020, uh, we need to have that spiritual 2020 vision where we see very clearly and we make a, a renewed commitment to focusing on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Um, the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, having gone through chapter 11, which is the, the hall of faith, he's holding out examples of, of men and women who have faithfully seen the promise of Christ coming at a distance, yet faithfully serving the Lord, even though they hadn't realized that promise fully in their lifetime, yet they were faithful anyway. And he holds them out to his his recipients of the letter as examples of men and women of faith. And then from there, he goes into chapter 12, and he wants to encourage them to, to do the same thing. It would be as if I were we're saying to us this morning, you know, um, remember the Pearsons. Yeah? Remember the Fondells or the Bruckners. Um, remember the Partlows. Some of you have been around long enough to know them and to remember them. Okay? Remember them. They are examples to us of those who maintain that Christ focus. Of men and women who have gone before us, who laid the foundation for this church. Men and women um, who clearly had their eyes on God's promises in Christ Jesus. Remember them. And then he would say this, therefore, since they are or we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, and we are very fortunate here at Community Covenant uh, to have a foundation, a spiritual foundation, a legacy, uh, a mantle, if you will, that's been handed to us by godly men and women who, who have labored faithfully, who labored faithfully, and their lives are witnesses to us that just as they did, we can do the same thing. And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying um, to his recipients. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw those things off. What is it in our lives that that hinder us? What are those things that compete uh, for our attention, that that threaten to take our focus and our our sight off off of Jesus? What are those things? It may not be bad things, some of them may be even good things. But in this case, good is the enemy of great. What are those things as you start the new year? What are the things that you know compete for your attention, that that threaten to kind of push Jesus out of the the center of your focus, the, the aperture of your spiritual life? What are those things? The author of Hebrews says, we need to throw off those things. He's using a a metaphor, 
someone running in a race. Uh, not a sprint, but a, a long-distance marathon, okay? And in that time and in that world, runners would run uh, with as little as possible. In fact, in, in some competitions, runners would even run uh, without clothing. Uh, it reminds me of the Beta Breakers 12K in San Francisco, but we won't go there. Okay? There are some that took that maybe literally. Um, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And don't you know that sin in our life, when it creeps in, whatever that might be, whatever it is that you struggle with, I know the sin in my life that I struggle with, the places where I'm apt to stumble, the things I do that I say, I'm not going to do that again, and and there I am doing it again. That those things, um, they disrupt. And if I give them a place in my life and I'm not accountable, they can distort my sense of who I am who God is, how he's called me to live. And so the author here is saying, you know what? Throw off that stuff. Get rid of that stuff. And the new year is a good time to do that, isn't it? Excuse me. And he says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now here's the point. Fixing our eyes on who? 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 Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. He is, according um, to the author here, uh, we want to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the pioneer and the perfecter. He is the author and the finisher. Our faith begins and is completed in him and by him and through him. And the reason we fix our eyes in him It's because he is able, he's able to sustain us. He's able to help us persevere that that you and I can finish that race of faith. We can finish strong. We can cross the finish line with our chest out, right? We have our eyes on the prize, on the goal of that upward calling in Christ. And he is the ultimate example of one who ran that race. He is the one who finished well. And so the author of Hebrews is, is pointing to those who, who looked at the promise from a distance. And in this context, he's writing to those who have received what was promised. But he's exhorting them to, to continue to focus on that, not to lose sight of that. And that Jesus will allow us to persevere. If we keep our focus on him, we'll run true and straight the race that's set before us. And then he says this, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He looked through beyond the cross. For the joy set before him, for the joy of having been obedient to his father's will in his life, for the joy of of knowing that what he was to do and what he was about was for you and for me. 
and that we would receive and understand and know someday the joy of our salvation. That the hardships, the difficulties, the things that, that, that we encounter, that we're to look beyond those things. Just like Jesus did. And, and it's great that, that it says that he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, the place of honor. Okay? It's like standing on the top of the podium when they're giving out, you know, the medals in the Olympics. That Jesus completed that race, and he sits in that seat of honor. And you and I will complete that race too. If we keep our focus on him, the one who's gone before us. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he understood this. He understood that as we focus on Jesus, we understand that it's more than focusing on, on, on something that's external. Really, the focus is on something that is real and internal in our lives. Look what he says in Galatians 2.20. Again, look at the focus here. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Christ lives in us. And to always remember that the life that we live is a life lived in Christ, that our life's no longer our own. That as Paul says, he said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And to remember that and, to, and to, to focus on that truth in your life. And, and as we seek the Holy Spirit, the one who right, enables us to, to live that, that Christ-likeness out fully in our lives, to remember that it was Christ who died on the cross, it was Christ who was risen, and that we share in his death and we share in his resurrection. And that's the new life that he gives us. Let's not lose focus of that. Um, and then I, I love here, uh, he goes on, Paul writes to the Colossians, in Colossians 2, 6, and 7, these words, and then 9 and 10. So then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. Now check this out. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In other words, Christ is fully sufficient for us. That our life is in him and through him. And that he is fully sufficient. He is head over every power and authority. All things were created by him and for him. And all things hold together in his hand. Including our lives. And then finally... I love 
what Peter writes, 2 Peter 1.3. Speaking of Christ, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have wandering eyes. I look to other things. I know the biblical truths I've shared with you, but I'm surrounded with temptation. I'm surrounded with invitation. I'm surrounded with all these things that are saying, here, look over here, look over here. Look at this or look at that or look at me. You'll find what you're looking for here. And all those things, right? All those things um, fall short. All those things in the end can't, can't fulfill, can't give us what Christ has already given and what he's calling us to live fully into. That he's given us everything we need for a godly life. We don't have to look anywhere else. We don't have to look to our right, to our left. We only have to look to him. Christ is our focus. And that's why we take and share communion together. Communion is a way of refocusing. It's a way of remembering Christ, who he is, what he's done for us, what that means. Uh, It's a way of looking to what he's already done, but also looking forward to what he's going to do. I say it frequently at communion. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ is coming again. Right? And so this table reminds us of all those things. And it, it calls us to, to refocus. Right? To look to him, Jesus the one who is the beginning and the end of our faith, the one who is able to sustain us in our faith, the one who empowers us to persevere over the challenges um, that we face in life. Christ is faithful. In Christ alone, right, we take our stand. And so to have 2020 vision in the spiritual sense in the new year, we need to come to this table over and over and over again because it's here that we're reminded where our focus should be. It's a reset, isn't it? Uh, And it's a beautiful thing. And when we come to the table, Christ is present. And it's his invitation that we respond to. Just in the, just as it was in the, the night before he went to the cross, he gathered his disciples and he took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said to them, This is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat this, eat this 
in remembrance of me. Later on, he he took the cup and pouring it out, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. So that whenever we eat the bread or we drink from the cup, we declare Christ's death, his sacrifice for us until he comes again. And he is coming again. This morning, Christ is giving us an invitation. The invitation is to to come to his table. The invitation is to embrace him and to celebrate all that he's done, all that he's doing, and all that he's yet to do for us, and, and to remember, and to never forget his love for you and for me. It's a love that sustains. It's a love that's true. It's a love that can be found only in him. He is the centerpiece. He is the focus of our lives of faith. And so this morning, come. Come and embrace him. Anyone who is a follower of Christ is welcome to come to this table. Perhaps there's someone here this morning that that you've known about Christ, but you've never given your heart to him. You've never trusted him for the forgiveness of your sins. You've never entered into the new life that Paul speaks about. Today would be a wonderful time to do that. I remember a few months ago, I heard a testimony of of a person who shared it was on a communion Sunday when they stepped forward and they really cemented their faith in Christ. What a wonderful thing that would be if you've never done that before. What a wonderful thing. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for a new year. And we thank you for the invitation to come to this table, the table that your son has set for us, that we might be reminded of who he is, what he has done, his love for us, and the life that's found only in him. Father, our desire is to start the new year with with renewed vision, uh, with 2020 vision, if you will, and that our focus would be clearly on Jesus, the author and the finisher 
of our faith. Lord, as we come this morning, Lord, we come with hearts that are worshipful, with hearts that desire to receive all that Christ has for us, not only in this new year, but Lord, for our lives together and with him for all eternity. And so we commit ourselves to you in a fresh and new way. We say, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. This morning we come to the table, to his table, to meet him in a fresh in a new way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There are communion stations uh, at the rear here of the worship center and then here to my left. Uh, as you're ready, come forward. Uh, go ahead and, and, and take the cracker and the juice. Eat the cracker whenever you're ready, but hold on to the juice, the cup, and we're going to drink that together. Come to the Lord's table. Let's drink together this morning, remembering that it is Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's drink. Amen. 